1: Hey, I'm Mackenzie Atwood, and we've got another Steven Selects for you. Today, Steven Universe writers Matt Burnett and Ben Levin return to shine a light on the Mirror Gem Ocean Gem two-parter. You actually talked to me. You helped me. It's Steven, right? <clears throat> I'm Lapis. Lapis Lazuli. Are you really a crystal gem? Yeah! And Matt and Ben are going to stick around to answer more of your questions you guys sent us at my Twitter, MKAtWood, and the official Cartoon Network Twitter. So, here we go with Matt and Ben. Thank you guys so much for being here again.
2: Yeah, hey, thanks for having us back.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, there's a lot to talk about with uh, Mirror Gem and Ocean Gem. It was definitely a a game-changer. Um, What was it like gearing up for, like, the first two-parter?
3: You know, I don't know if, like, we had originally conceived it as a two-parter or not, or if we
2: just had the story where, like, this is too much for one episode. Maybe it didn't start like that, but it was, like, a two-parter for most of its life. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it was, like, I, we just, I know that in the initial conversation about the first 26, I think this was going to be much bigger, like, it was almost, like, episodes uh, 51 and 52, like the return and jailbreak were almost kind of like elements of that were maybe going to be in here. But then it was like, oh, no, let's push that out and yep. step it out a little bit.
3: I guess we may have mentioned before, I feel like in season one, we were, you know, trying to figure out when we were revealing things and when we were going to hit these big moments. And there was definitely this feeling that, I think, like, the show, when it starts out, you've got the gems, and there are these heroes, and they fight monsters. And you sort of accept that concept because you're just like, I watch TV and movies. This is a thing that happens, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I think Mm -hmm. as the point of season one, we're sort of slowly revealing, like, oh, but why are there monsters? Like, are there other gems? You You just accept that there are these gems on Earth, and there's Rose was one that's not there, and but like you know, were like this is like where we're kind of making you question that concept that you took maybe at face value
2: yeah 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 it's a thing that the show i think does throughout its run is that it just kind of like drops something that helps makes you recontextualize everything you've s- seen before which is why i think it's just such an interesting show to go back and rewatch but i th- you know i think we always knew that like There were gems before and there weren't gems anymore except for the crystal gems. And we were like, we're going to have to get to that and explain that at some point. And I think the, when Mm. you're first talking about that, you're like, well, when they, those other gems come back is when we'll know everything that happened. And that'll be the first story we do about that. But like, as you talk about these stories, like you realize that there's like steps you can take to get to those things. And it's like more satisfying for the audience to kind of like, be brought along and dropped clues and then it also just gives you more stories of like oh that's an episode in itself like the gems from homeworld them just straight coming to earth unprovoked like jumps the story forward but oh like we could do a story about like earth is in isolation they don't know what's going on with earth so let's tell the story about why homeworld would become aware that something is up on earth so i think that's where like This in-between step of, like, finding Lapis and then finding out about the corruption and the monsters and then getting her to leave creates this story and this in-between step to eventually bringing gems from space to Earth. Yeah, there was a time where we this would maybe be episode
3: 13. Right. There was a time where we were like, this will come now. Like, Mm. we'll we'll do this in the middle of this First Order. And then we're like, okay, no, no, let's push this out a little more. And then there was also this thought of, like, could this be the last episode that we do? There was only this order of 26 that we had. You know, mm. um, can we sort of make this feel like maybe this is a conclusive ending? You just learn that there are more gems out there and they help one. And then that's kind of it. That might be it for the show.
1: Right. Like the whole series finale. Yeah. I feel like it would have been overwhelming if you would try to put everything on um, that whole reveal up once because you didn't even know there were other gems at that point. Right. Other the ones you've been introduced to. So you talked about a little bit about how the episode changed from like the conception to the final product. Can you tell us more about that?
3: Yeah, um, I remember like early on, there was a post-it in the room that we were writing in that just had that water tower in it. Mm-hmm. That was just, like an image that we had, like very early on that we kind of hmm. worked towards. I don't remember who came up with it. One of the sillier things that changed in the episode is that originally when Stevens running around town with the mirror, uh, Mayor Dewey's supposed to go up on stage and sing a song about summer. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Greg is helping <laughs> Steven set up amps on the stage, and and the in the episode, there's a part where Steven almost gets hit by Mayor Dewey's truck, and he goes, "No!" And that's what we use for Lapis's No, when the gems are trying to bubble her. And uh, originally it was like S- Meredui was singing a song and Stephen's like, no, it's like a horrible <laughs> song. Uh, but Paul, who boarded that section, Paul Vileko changed it to him making a speech and then it was a bunch of fart jokes. It's great to be here to celebrate the coming season. A warm summer breeze wafts through
2: the air. <gasps> yeah. Right.
3: A lot like... I like
1: that.
3: Yeah. It's funny because with Lapis's character as we've moved forward in the series the one thing we've had to always like remember is like Lapis likes fart jokes like she laughed at those yeah. fart jokes early on so there's a part of her that enjoys Steven's like silly sense of humor
1: yeah i totally get you I mean it's it's easy to forget about that when you see her being really like moody but it's like oh yeah she was in the mirror was it tough to like think about uh the dialogue
3: yeah that that was the i think the most difficult part of mapping out the episode was we had to have the mirror say some things at the end so we had to engineer the earlier scenes so that you know there would be enough words for Lapis to use to make right. these sentences right. um, and phrases and everything so we really wanted this mm-hmm. idea of like reusing images because that's her the, the mirror's uh, powers that it can replay history so it's replaying this day with Steven.
1: just for you Steven. <laughs>
3: that was difficult The other big thing about the episode that changed was this was like very early on. um, I think we were just talking about the idea, and I believe Rebecca, when like Greg gets hurt, there was an idea where where um, Greg loses his leg in the fight with Lapis. Like he doesn't just break it; like he (laughs) loses it, and then that Greg would have a robot leg. From there That's on out. So
1: dark.
2: Yeah. And it was it wasn't us. It was Rebecca.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we were like,
1: uh, uh
2: Okay, boss, but maybe uh walk it back a little bit. But I really like that like yeah, we walked like that as as with a lot
3: of things, we would, like go in heavy and then walk it back mm-hmm. a bit. But like I like that image of Greg with a robot leg. Like, it, it's yeah. a nice yeah. way to start out another season with just like Greg, like with part, like cyborg. He's changing as Steven right. is changing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That would be crazy. If he had powers attached to it, I, I want to see Greg join the fight. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. great.
2: Constant. Yeah. That's a constant conversation. It was fun. It's, it's interesting because this is like kind of one of the few times that. Greg tags along because he usually kind of excuses himself from the gym activity. And, like, that's, like, separate for him. Wait up, kiddo. I'm coming with you. You know, the feeling of this episode potentially being a series finale and just also just being kind of, like, us just sort of, like, celebrating everything we'd built over the previous episodes. It was like, oh, it feels right to bring him along and, uh, and stuff. But, yeah, yeah, the conversation about how involved Greg – there's been stories we haven't done where Greg maybe – Gets a little more actively involved. But I think we like how strongly he represents just like a pure human side of things yeah, to, yeah. in Steven's family and yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. Um, Keeping him that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, there's definitely multiple conversations about giving him like a laser gun or something.
1: <laughs> he gets to tag along and see the light in the, the console game. And that's right. been really fun. Yeah, Seeing yeah, people react to that.
2: Yeah, because that's just fun.
3: Yeah. Yeah, The um, like as you mentioned, like this one, I, I think what's really cool about... Mirror Gem and Ocean Gems—that that it is really a culmination of all the episodes that came before it. You know, you see all the characters together. Even Lion gets a play in there. You get to see Steven's, like, three big powers. Like, he both heals.
1: Oh, I can fix your gem. I have healing powers. Wait, you have healing powers?
0: I know, right?
3: He forms a bubble. He uses his shield really successfully, I think for the first time. You know, yeah. he's defending that that attack. Um, and, like, it builds – this episode builds on, like, several episodes before, which is, like, one, for this episode, you had to know that, like, gems can be poofed and they are gem, then actual gemstones that then can reform so that you know what's going on with Lapis. You have to know that gems can be mm-hmm. cracked um, to know that they can, you know, like, be healed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to – you know that these monsters existed and everything to yeah. see that, like, this reveal that, like, those monsters are other gems. This gem, you know, these tools – They all could be, you know, other beings.
2: Yeah. The whole episode is full of nice just little payoffs from everything we had set up because even watching again, just the fact that, like, uh, Connie and Lion exchange a look when Steven is falling and they're the ones who save him from Lion 2, you know, uh, that she has a connection with Lion and she knows his powers and knows how they work. And it's like, you know, that's kind of followed through throughout the series that, like, her and Lion are maybe better friends than – uh, Stephen and Lion, <laughs> and yeah, and, you know Joe threw all these like great like callbacks
3: into the fights, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with Purple Puma. Oh yeah, and, you know, Amethyst fighting herself, and then that joke where Pearl is like, "I hate fighting me," you know, because she mm-hmm. was poofed by herself in another one of his episodes. Uh, so those are like nice, fun callbacks to everything you've seen. Uh, just a fun reward if you've been watching.
2: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it it's just such a satisfying episode. And I think it's the one that. It's like, oh, it's, it really does tell the audience that, like, we're tracking all this stuff and it's, this is, like, this is ongoing. Like, every episodes affect each other, you know, like, because we remember all these previous episodes and just everything is going to keep building on itself. So, yeah, I don't know. It's really strong.
1: Yeah, it's, like, leading somewhere.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Were there any other alternate endings that you guys considered after the, the whole fight happens and Lapis is about to just – she just takes off? Or was that always the intention?
3: I think Lapis was always supposed to leave yeah. I don't know if like we had maybe Like at the end there's a more There's a more ambiguous line From Garnet where it's like You know we'll see what happens now like That know, was added in later Yeah so I think originally we probably Were waiting to see what would happen To add a line like that Like I think that if we didn't get any more episodes We would have had a more conclusive line yeah. <laughs> About Lapis but yeah. then <laughs> the line became like Well now the cat's out
2: of the bag right.
3: Stuff's gonna happen
2: yeah, but it was always this, and even I think the way that it plays of that it's this awkward goodbye, and she just leaves immediately. Uh I think that was it, that tone. I think was always like in a premise and outline form too. It's just like very funny that it's they you know they only knew each other for like all of what like twenty four hours, so it's not going to be this huge. <laughs> hard, they there's a connection there, but it's still not like best friends saying goodbye. It's awkward, and, and Lapis is a little bit awkward too. So
1: the bob thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the bob thing.
3: That Quick was in
1: joke in the fandom. <laughs>
3: yeah, Je- Jeff did that, I I think right. Jeff Lou boarded that section. I think
2: he, yeah. he must have written in that. I, I think
3: I think that was a joke bob. that
2: came up in the room. Mm. Uh, I think uh, I don't I don't remember, but yeah. And it's funny how it's been carried through. I really love how yeah, Jeff added that weird shiver. Oh yeah. Uh, when he uh
3: like, <laughs> slaps his hand on her back. It's really funny.
1: Yeah, I I think that it was really cool um seeing the fight scene that happened before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it's the first big team fight we saw. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. What's it like when you guys... Uh, what kind of input did you guys have in that?
2: I mean, I think a lot of that was really Joe Johnston. Oh, yeah. It totally was. Like it, mm. you know, it's just... Um, that was one where in the outline, I think, we really just, you know, hey, like, you know, Lapis attacks the gems with water. I don't even think it was laid out that they were doppelganger I think he constructs. Did that, yeah, he came up with that. I think all by himself. Yeah,
3: or you know, with maybe with Jeff, but yeah. that was like I remember seeing that pitch and be like, "Whoa, yeah, this is happening." Yeah,
2: it was. great. It was <laughs> fantastic. so cool.
3: Like I was really, yeah. That was just that was Joe Johnston. Yeah, just poured himself into it. It was amazing.
1: It was also just staggering to see like uh, how powerful Lapis is. It's just ridiculous, you know.
2: Yeah, right. She
1: just like she was holding up the whole ge- the ocean, you know, fighting all the crystal gems one on one. It it was again like something you mentioned about like it sort of reframed the perspective of the the crystal gems. You're like, oh, like we thought these were sort of they were sort of infallible, but they just got taken out. You know, like <laughs> by one person.
3: Yeah, yeah. You think that these are the main heroes? Nobody can beat them. Like no monsters too big. And then this other gem comes with super crazy powers and. You're like, whoa! There's more out there, and they're very powerful. And I think it was something we had to keep in mind too. Like again, like because this was the first other gem, we this fight had to be big and exciting and you know, like she had to be a formidable foe against you know all five of them fighting. But like we had to remember that later on, like in the series where it's like, yeah, Laps is super powerful. We can't forget she took the whole ocean and made a tower out of it. <laughs> yeah, you have to remember she likes fart jokes and she could make a tower out of the ocean. So. Keep that in mind.
1: Was it the whole ocean she took, or was it just like the surrounding ocean? I'm sure it was the section was of it the
3: Atlantic like... Ocean. I don't okay, yeah. think was the... Gotcha. Because I think if it was, was the it whole just... ocean, she might have gotten a little higher. She got pretty high, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of ocean. but It was some part of the Delmarva seaboard. Yeah.
1: When she like leaves Stephen and he's just sort of chilling on the top of the tower, was she like, Did she just not care, or was she just not thinking about the fact that it was just going to collapse. I don't think she
2: cares. (laughs) I don't think she she, (laughs) like, it's just like, she's just not thinking about it. I think that, you know, her character, especially at that moment in the series is so much about self-preservation because she's been sort of trapped and and victimized for so long that she's just desperate to escape it. That, you know, yeah, Steven was nice to her, but was just kind of a stepping stone to, to getting out of there. Um, And he made it clear that he didn't want to leave. So it's like, see you later. Yeah, she's um, and also I think she doesn't
3: totally understand humans the same way that later um, we see that with Peridot doesn't understand like they're they're aliens. So she might not quite grasp what would happen to Steven if he fell from that height.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you guys so much again for coming in and talking to me about the episode. Do you guys have some time to like stick around and answer some fan questions, too?
3: Sure. Of course.
1: Awesome. All right, Ben Levin and Matt Burnett are ready to answer your questions. First up is Triambus, who asks, what is good music to get in the mood for writing the show?
3: I don't recall listening to specific music while writing for Steven, because a lot of the writing, you know, would be us in a room talking to each other, trying to figure out a story idea. But sometimes while writing outlines, if there was a sort of a genre episode or like maybe some sort of fight scene or something going on, you know, listening to music that might be underneath that helps come up with ideas. I think we're just in general when writing and trying to come up with ideas, I'll like sometimes listen to movie soundtracks or anything. Like, what would be un- What would be the theme of this episode? And then just listen to music and picture moments that could happen. Mm-hmm. And that does help come up with things.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, movie soundtracks and stuff. I feel like put me in the mode to kind of think about this stuff. But I actually like I steer clear of music when I have to write. Because it, it, it just like, I don't know, mentally it's, it does something weird to me. And I know that some other people are like that. So, uh, yeah, I feel yeah like I'm like a robot. <laughs> it's more of like a brainstorming
3: thing. If you're yeah. like just, just kind of musing about what could happen, what could happen before the pen goes on the
2: page. That's that's where I find it helpful. I do a lot of it in the car. Like I'll just put on something in the car on a drive-in to the office to just like kind of pump me up and get in the the feel of something. And then, like, yeah, but when it comes down to sitting down and actually writing, I'm just, like, just do it.
1: Okay, cool, yeah. I'm the same way. I cannot focus when there's music on. All right, I have a question from Sewell Mania. Uh, They want to know if localization is ever considered when you guys are writing, just thinking in terms of, like, jokes that would get lost in translation.
3: Well... We do think about the global perspective sometimes with episodes like Hit the Diamond where it was about baseball and not every country knows what Baseball is. Yeah. So we had to explain what baseball was. And in oh. which, and when we were doing it, we we're like, oh, right, baseball's super confusing.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. It was just like, this game takes <laughs>
3: so long to explain. I yeah. hate baseball. <laughs> so that was definitely one time where it was like, right, they're not going to know what baseball is. I think for the most part, you know, puns don't work well in translation, but I don't no. think we've, we've thought about that much. And we're not doing many we don't do a lot of referential like pop culture references that's not really a problem
2: right we'll get sometimes like cultural sensitivity sometimes we'll adjust some things or something like like a phrase like a phrase in america that we just use every day might mean something different in another country so we'll adjust to accommodate that yeah or this just the note about spitting that we get all the time where i think in other
3: countries they try and not promote spitting and so when we have characters do a comedic spit take they're like Please don't do that.
1: Oh, <laughs> I did not know that. Um, okay, I have a question from Joy uh, who wants to know what the biggest differences are about uh, animation writing.
3: I, I think, uh, like, as far as, like, writing for... We've written for live action. We've written for mm-hmm. ourselves. I haven't, like, mm-hmm. written a book or something, so I don't know <laughs>
2: what that's like. I mean, <laughs> I think that... You know, if you're approaching it yourself, I don't think you should approach it as if there is a difference, you know, because um, I feel like I've seen some writing that feels like it was written for animation and, you know, it's you, you can't write animation. Animation in, is is drawn. Like, animation is the act of like mm. drawing pictures and stringing them together so they move. So you can't write animation. Just writing is its own art form. So you should, you should just write kind of the story. Uh, that you want to do and uh, not worry about you know trying to make it feel like animation in your writing you know uh, th- there's definitely mm-hmm. differences you know we work on a board driven show so you know you're not writing the script you're writing the outline you're very focused on the story structure and the beats and you're letting um, a little bit of that like the dialogue and the character and the specifics you're leaving that to the board artist to figure out so it, it is different in that way but yeah there's no need to approach it. Totally wholly differently. I think that yeah. you're
3: when you're approaching writing for animation, you're thinking, how can animation elevate this? But you don't have to make
2: it zany or yeah. goofy. You can write any sort of story. Yeah, yeah. You're writing real real people and stuff. And you might be you know, you can write gags that break reality probably a little bit easier in animation and stuff, and you 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 know But that you know, you could be working on a live action show that's very silly and, and has stuff like that in it. So Yeah, I don't know. I do feel like no, it's the same for both. You write with the limitations of the medium in mind of just like, let's not let's not do a lot of crowd scenes uh, for animation because uh, <laughs> that means that every single person in that crowd has to be drawn by someone. So let's, you know, sometimes you might try and make it easier on the animators when you're writing animation if you want to be a well-liked animation uh, writer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you guys again so much for coming.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: So you can watch all of the Steven Universe episodes at Cartoon Network or on the Cartoon Network app. And if you have a question for the Universe, please tweet them to me at mkatwood or to the official Cartoon Network Twitter. And please remember to use the hashtag Steven Universe Podcast. The Steven Universe Podcast is produced by Stacy Para, Charles Abaje, and Conrad Montgomery. Special thanks to Rob Sorcher, Cartoon Network Studios, and the Universe. Join me along with writers Ben Levin and Matt Burnett again next week as we go behind the scenes of Season 3 episode Monster Reunion. And please be sure to subscribe to the Steven Universe Podcast at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a five-star rating and review while you're there. I'm Mackenzie Atwood, and I will see you next Thursday.